I think I know what makes a good leader, whether I actually have all those qualities or not, <laughs> is yet to be decided. Hello and welcome to Offscript by Hey Radio, a podcast for the tech community. My name is Josh Nesbitt and I run a software consultancy called Stack based in Leeds, as well as the Hey events and conferences. I'm joined today by my co-host, James Hall. Hi, I run a digital agency called Parallax. We make iPhone apps, websites, that kind of thing. Hi, Josh. Hi, James. What do you think makes a successful leader? I think it's a, it's a very open-ended question. <laughs> um, but also, I think it's, um, it's a good one. And, and I've been thinking quite a lot about this lately in terms of what makes... What makes a good leader in terms of different leadership styles? So when we think about leadership, I think we often think about the most prolific and successful leaders like, you know, the Steve Jobses or recently I was talking about um, Chris Randstraff from who created GitHub with uh, a few other chaps. Um, and everyone kind of praises the the product thought and the product leadership as well as the, the people leadership. Um, but I don't think they always have to be so prolific. I think it's also... You know, good leadership is maybe about not being the, the most visible leader, but allowing your people to do um, their best work. Yeah, I think it's quietly getting on with delegating tasks properly and yeah. praising people. And I think I know what makes a good leader, whether I actually have all those qualities or not, <laughs> is yet to be decided. But I think definitely trying to delegate stuff properly, Yeah, I think, can be quite tricky. Yeah. Um, but good leader would would get people to buy in to the goal that they're trying to achieve yeah. rather than just here's some random tasks that will hopefully get us towards this goal Yeah, because um, otherwise people don't feel like they're invested in it. It's um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's, there's different leadership styles. So I think we're quite similar in how we, how we approach problems and, and maybe how we approach managing and leading people in terms of, we're not as authoritarian. We're not. We're not as kind of um, dictatorship in terms of that. You know, there, yep. there's always a discussion to be had, and um, it's really important that teams need to feel included in the decision, so that they're, they're kind of bored into the task a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. If if it feels like a decision's been made without them, then they're not going to buy into it. They're not going to work on it as hard. Mm. I often find if you leave tech choices to developers, they're much more invested because. Yeah when it goes wrong and it's not the magic bullet they thought it was, yeah. they're going to put in the extra legwork to make it work as well as they thought it was going to <laughs> yeah. almost. Um, whereas if you go, right, we're going to make it work in I-11 and we're going to use this framework and everyone's yeah. sulking, then <laughs> they're not going to, they're not going to want to fix that bug late no. at night. Are they all? I, I guess it's back to um, the, the last episode, which is around the software estimation piece, which is, if if they don't feel bought into the estimation process, they don't have control on you know in an agile world a bit more control on when when releases are going to land and when when the deadlines are going to be or whatever you know I, th I think it's the same kind of problem. Yes, yeah. If you if you decide that some tasks going to take someone two hours and then allocate them that they're going to get quite grumpy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. A bit of back and forth and yeah, being mindful of that people have got personal lives and lives outside of work. Mm. Um, I think Parallax as an agency, we're quite good for that. Yeah. Like people will leave 
on like at five. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think there's like this overwork culture that you get some agencies. Yeah. Um, and do I you, think the balance is good. Um, do you think that, do you think that culture is, I don't want to say going away, but becoming a less popular style of um, leading, you know, especially in the agency world, but also generally in, in kind of normal culture at most businesses. Yeah. I, I think especially with lockdown, I think a lot of people have ramped up the amount of hours they end up doing because they're not commuting. Yeah. And now people are coming into the office and then still putting in those hours at some mm. places. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you find it where you've been recently? Um, I think it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think the, the pandemic's definitely, with, with, with working from home, for, for, certain, for certain personalities and for certain, you know, certain types of people I think working from home has been really beneficial um, equally I think it's harder to draw boundaries um, which is why I think clear leadership and clear expectation setting is really important you know yeah. you, sh- you don't have to work on what would be in your commute you know have a better work-life balance yeah um, a happier workforce is going to deliver better value for the business ultimately so yeah absolutely um, so yeah I think it's it's about you know when the pandemic first hit, I, I remember we were quite clear on the messaging around, you know, we're living in very strange times. Um, we, you know, productivity is going to take a hit probably. Uh, mental health is going to take a hit, definitely. Yeah. Um, all those sorts of conversations. Yeah, especially for people that were living on their own. Or Yeah. yeah it's quite, quite difficult, wasn't it? And I think you realise um, also what some people persevere and some people, you know, you get to in some ways know your team a bit better because you don't you things that you may not have seen you know outside of work you so, you suddenly got a, a, a window into their lives into their houses and into into kind of how they live so yeah and their cats jumping up and cats jumping up dogs dogs barking <laughs> in the background yeah yeah you've sort of part of their life yeah for that that moment <laughs> but I, I guess also um you get to see you know maybe they are working in a suboptimal environment maybe they're sitting on the sofa plugged into a tv maybe they're you know they don't have a proper desk set up and yeah all these things contribute to happiness at work um yeah. and i think i think that ties into how the team's led as well yeah well those sort of environmental and tooling factors are really important mm. and we've always been pretty hot on getting the best stuff out to people because mm. it, it pays off in the long run uh, but we can't really control their environment much but we've yeah offered like mm. you can have a nice chair and you can have a nice stand and stuff yeah you can do little bits and pieces can't you have you got so in terms of um kind of tooling split have you mostly got laptops for your team or are they is it kind of a blend of imacs and other things or it, it was a mix but now it's pretty much all laptops right and um, is that just for portability based on everything that's happened yeah and people requested them more and i think in in the, the sort of times we live in i hate saying that but yeah. <laughs> like people like to hop around even in their own house yeah um because people might be using the kitchen or you want to sit somewhere else or yeah the portability is quite good um yeah i think in terms of how that ties in with leadership i think just making sure people have got the right tools to do the job yeah is important yeah i think i think the, the kind of key pillars for me are things like trust your people um support their ideas and invest in the underlying culture which is some of the stuff we just talked about um and you know leadership isn't leadership isn't necessarily management and i think there's a there's a there's a, a good um 
your separation between the two. Um, there is absolutely skill in management and there's absolutely skill in, um, in, in how we manage and look after our people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how they're led. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think because when you do trust people and you do make them a little bit more autonomous about yeah. what they do, um, you, yeah, you're sort of moving away from that micromanaging, that lots of little tasks. Mm. Um, yeah, you have to sort of ask them, what what do you think? Like, what what is, what's your opinion on something rather than... Mm rather than just feeding them an answer. If someone comes to you with a question, instead yeah. of going, you absolutely have to do it this way, just turn it back on them and ask them what they think. And they'll probably think through the problem in a yeah. similar way that you would, but because they've arrived at it themselves, it mm. makes it more more valuable to them. More authentic as well and, and more, you know, they're, they're definitely more emotionally bought into it too, I think. And yeah. I, I think as well it's... Um, it, it, it's interesting and difficult because you you, ha you sometimes have an opinion about how you'd like something done, but equally, you know, off the back of that, you need the you need the team to come to their own conclusions so that they're bought into the process. Yeah, uh, I guess the the interesting thing is how you sit back and let that happen, um, yeah. while also trying to give some of your experience and input. Um, it's quite tricky sometimes. There was a a bit of a debate around multiple reef pose versus monorepo for a new project. Right. And it's basically a front end, back end split. And I was sort of just listing the advantages that you could have if you had a monorepo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I kept doing that quite frequently. Um, and I didn't want to be like preachy, but also I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. If you've got two repos, you end up having to version them. And like, I know, yeah, where do you put your end-to-end -end tests, things like yeah. that just makes sense to me but I didn't want to go right I'm going to make it monorepo yeah I wanted people to look and go mm, yeah that would make my life a lot easier it's it's difficult though because in so you're wearing a few hats there you're wearing the hat that says from a business side of things this is this this approach may be detrimental to the delivery of the project um it, it may harm the way that we work this in the future yeah versus a better engineering culture, letting them figure that out and figure out what they're comfortable working with through through a, a kind of longer period of time. Yeah, and if some of those things are not really, yeah, they're not evident Yeah, at the start of a project. Whereas I, you, you sort of get a feel for it over the years, don't you? Like what to avoid and what to go for. Yeah, I mean, have you, have you ever had to go, absolutely not, we're not, we're not doing it that way? Uh, not for a while. No. Um, <laughs> I try not to. Yeah, and I think it's difficult because sometimes, sometimes you do have to. Um, you know, I guess good leadership is also about going. Uh, you know, it's, it's great that we discussed and thrashed this out, out but actually, we, we I, I just know that we have to go down this path. Yeah, um, and it's almost a skill in itself trying to trying to coerce the team into understanding why, in the longer run, that's a, a good decision. Yeah, I guess part of the retrospectives can be really good mm. on each project because you can sort of analyze why you made certain decisions and yeah. look at the pain points, what you do next time. Mm. Um, and people can learn quite a lot that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So in terms of, um, I mean, we kind of touched on leadership styles. Um, I think we're, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're probably more democratic than, than uh, you know, authoritarian I guess um, yeah. I, I think we try to be quite inclusive in terms of the 
everyone understanding the goal, everyone understanding um, the the components that make the decisions that get you there. Yeah. Um, instead of just delivering a, a set of tasks, um, which is not necessarily what I'm saying authoritarian is, because you know I'm not I'm not saying it's not an inclusive way of working, but it's yeah. definitely a different style, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the directors at Parallax have got their own skill sets are all quite different in the way that we think yeah. and do things. But I think one thing that we are good at is making good enough decisions quite quickly, yeah. which is really, really useful in moving things forward. It's not like, yeah, paralysis analysis where you like you can't make a decision because there's so many. Yeah, and sometimes just making a decision is better than not. Um, the good thing that um, that you've done with the with, with the directorship as well, and uh, you know, I've seen um, becoming more common is uh, an uneven amount of um, people in in that kind of senior leadership team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you don't get those horrible no ties. deadlocks or anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think is important because, and especially if the, everyone holds their own discipline as well, I think it's you know getting that external view of a particular problem can be quite helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we also have the non-exec directors, yeah. uh, which sort of sit in the board meetings and nudge us in the right direction, which is really useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of um, that kind of culture around leadership, how how do you think, you know, we, we've talked quite a lot in the previous episodes about how we build things, not from scratch, but how we build things up. So when you're starting an agency, when you're starting this or that, how do you think you establish that? kind of positive culture around um, around the leadership in a business early on? You know, it starts with respect, I guess, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. respect and having having experience and credibility in the industry. Um, we obviously have a bunch of open source stuff like JSPDF, yeah. which has got quite a few people using it, um, which... Yeah, it sort of gives us a good sort of baseline of, like, in the industry, I think some people look at Parallax and go, that's where good software gets made. Yeah. Or, that's what I like to think anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a good base. I mean, leadership at Parallax probably hasn't always been the best. It's le- we're 11 years in now, so we were yeah, always early learning. days. We were learning as we go, very much so. Yeah. And it can only get better and... The, yeah, I guess the question was, how do you get that good baseline? And I'm guessing I don't really know the answer to that. <laughs> well, you know, 11 years in, still still figuring out, you know, I think, yeah. I think we're all still learning, aren't we? It's, and especially as, as as the world evolves, as, as um, the dynamics of teams change over time, yeah, you've got to roll with it, haven't you? And- yeah, and you get some strong opinionated people and that can push everything one direction and then you sort of, go back again but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's interesting how it ebbs and flows we haven't had any major fallouts which is great yeah. and yeah. I think that was one of the concerns early on a lot of people were saying oh, I'll never work with that many directors and yeah. it seems to just sort of work out <laughs> yeah well I think having your own disciplines definitely helps with that so there's you know the respect is there for each individual area to go, you know, in in the engineering sense, you know, Rio's views probably trump other people's views because, you know, that, that's his that's his space where he's yeah. a specialist. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I do love the um I do love the leadership style born from open source software. Um I, I'm yeah. I'm hugely fond of it. And I think that, you know the way that someone operates in the open um on, on a project like JSPDF or or another successful project is is huge. Yes. And it's it's 
meritocracy really isn't it it's mm. like based on merit so if you've got a good pull request you could be anyone from yeah. anywhere in the world and yeah. it'll get merged in the proof's in the pudding right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's not who shouts the loudest or who's the most forceful in a meeting yeah which can be how decisions are made especially with in client meetings yeah <laughs> I think yeah leadership is tricky in that situation when you, someone's paying you cash mm. <laughs> and you want to you want to be that strong leader to make sure the product doesn't fail but also th they pay your bills <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. so it's tricky isn't it um, it, it is yeah. and you almost get people saying well i'm the client not quite in those words but yeah like you hear that sometimes yeah it's always um because leadership doesn't just work for your own team, right? It, it, it works for leading your clients, for leading, you know, that product vision. It, it it's, yeah, especially if you if you treat yourself as an extension of their team, which is what we try and do. Yeah. It, it, there's definitely some give and take. Yeah, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because you, you, you need to, you know, back to that leadership style kind of conversation, you need to, in a client scenario, be sure enough of what you're doing and, and what you're suggesting for them to believe you yeah, and for them to feel the value from you without making them feel overridden back to that authoritarian view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is very tricky, especially when they've got a very good idea of what they want. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily why they want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, it is. It is tricky. And it gets trickier the larger the organization um, because sometimes a person that's hired you doesn't even have authority within yeah. the bit that they're working in. So that that's when it gets really messy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, situations like that make you really appreciate when you've got one of those really good projects that, you know, so some of the best ones I've worked on are the smallest teams that have made the biggest impact. Um, but for them, for that, for that to work in itself, the person who hired me will have been empowered by someone else to go, we absolutely trust what you're doing here. Yeah. Here's, here's some budget, here's the rough spec, but you, you make it come to life. Yeah. Like the NHS job. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was a really yeah. small dynamic team. Um, yeah. and, and that worked really well because the autonomy was there. Um, it was, um, the leadership was clear, but, but loose, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We're free to pick our own tooling and yeah whatever we needed to yeah. get it done yeah yeah exactly exactly okay. so i guess back to the um, the conversation around the environments of which you know leadership and teams flourish what what do you think we can do to create better environments to allow those team dynamics to really work. So I was chatting to you just the other day about an amazing article by um, Sarah Drasner about flow state. Yeah. Um, and about, I can't remember the site it was on, I'm afraid. Um, but she publishes loads of amazing articles all over the, the web. But, um, you know, there was um, this article on flow state and how, how management can support flow state, how really it's, it's our responsibility uh, as, as leaders to create an environment where your, in this case, engineers can get into that mindset where they're distraction free. They can, they can feel the high of being in that flow and yeah. they can feel that immense value. You know, you just, I can't really describe it that well, but it's. Yeah. It's when you start working on a task and then you, the time runs away with you. And you, you forget just, everything else. Yeah. 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 You're just in it. Yeah. Which is very difficult when you've got lots of meetings. Yeah. I think this is something we can get better at. Yeah. Because it, 
after lockdown, lots of mini face-to-face interactions that might be five minutes yeah. while someone's grabbing a cup of tea has then morphed into lots of catch-up meetings, lots yeah. of status meetings. And I think we just need to unpick that a bit yeah. and try and make sure they're blocked together if they do happen. Yeah, it's, it's a bit... Um Obviously, uh, the, a, lot, a lot of things in the news at the moment around Facebook's rebrand with Meta and the Metaverse, yeah. <laughs> and um, Microsoft Teams are looking at you know this this kind of augmented world that we can all have better meetings in. <laughs> it's like, do we really think that's the best use of, of the yeah. future of technology? It's like a, a rubbish office video game. <laughs> Hi, yeah, the new version of Clippy is, is now in three D. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be tricky with, especially with sort of the mixed space, like lots of people in the office and lots of people remote mm. trying to work together. I think we need to invest in just p- parallax in general, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> better sort of conferencing equipment. But I think that will come and yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I've never been to a single space that has the perfect <laughs> conferencing setup. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. We bought some really expensive things, set it up. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. just as rubbish as everything else <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I remember one specific client they spent like a hundred grand or something crazy on all these Cisco brand things the microphones were plugged into the ceiling no one could hear anything no one could see anything the camera did that weird zoomy thing where it tries to lock on to oh, who's yeah. talking um, you know I, I, I'm excited for the future of that because I do think the hybrid approach to working needs to be a whole lot better um, yeah. I know that Slack's got the huddles is it where the idea is yeah. you can drop in and out I, I, I like the idea. I don't know if the implementation is spot on, but yeah, it, it's all right. It's yeah. not bad. <laughs> but it just all, it always feels like you just kind of jump. You know, when, when you used to be, um, I'm sure I'm aged a little bit here, but when you're younger and you pick up the phone and someone was always on, already on the phone, <laughs> I kind of feel like huddles yeah, yeah. are a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose it's a little bit like tapping someone on the shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, you have to opt in. But I guess you can opt into the distraction, which is possibly better than the office setup where you can get distracted quite easily. Yeah. I, I wonder if Slack is is bad for productivity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's sort of our next next podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll we'll definitely touch on that, but I I don't even I think I can't remember the name of the product that I sent you, but there, it was like a version of Slack that was not um, you know, didn't, no online statuses. You're not always there. It's not an automatic and immediate response. Um, I like that idea. Um, you know, and it's moving back towards, you know, because we like trends in tech and we go full circle quite a bit. I think it's like going back to the wiki periods yeah. where, where, you know, we just document something in a static place. Well, maybe not static, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I love a confluence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicely format, formatted confluence doc for me is great. <laughs> so do you, so so drawing back to kind of subject, I guess, do you, do you document any of the, so, you know, you bring in a new senior level of management, you bring in um, a new director maybe one day, um, you know, do you document any of these sorts of things on confluence or is it more of a, how, how does the induction of a new leader work in the team? Yeah, so we we have a an initial call with every all the senior management with yep. the new starter, and we all introduce ourselves. Um, Andy and the HR outfit, I guess, that they document all the people's roles, yep. what they do, the PDPs, which I mentioned in another podcast, uh, like goals, mm. aspirations, that, that kind of thing. Uh, it would be nice to create a space where people can sort of see 
the headline stuff. I think that would be good, um, especially with people not being able to come in the office. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's pretty good. It could be better, as all documentation could be. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> um, something I like to do in our, our sort of back-end work in progress is um, we have like a little stand-up every Friday, I guess, and we just talk through what everyone's working on. But in the Slack just before... I ask a series of questions, usually around any blockers and yeah. interesting bug squash, that kind of thing. But I always ask an interesting question at the end, like, what's your favourite sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> and I know that sounds like a really silly thing to ask, yeah. but actually does that spark a nice conversation? Yeah. And then you've got this, a bunch of questions. Like, if you do that every week, you know so much about someone yeah. that you would never know unless you spent loads of time with them in the pub. I love which, that. It's just really nice. So I've actually started putting that in the compliment stock and I pick an emoji for each <laughs> each one. And I know it's daft, but it's nice. It's not daft though. And I think it's also um, quite an open thing to do, I think. Um, and, and one of the key things I think that's really important to leadership is a bit of vulnerability from the leader themselves. Yeah. Um, so it might be sharing something about yourself, maybe maybe a bit more um, in-depth than sandwiches, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it's a very personal choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's really nice. And like it... It makes good content for Secret Santa as well. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> like, oh, what do they like again? <laughs> yeah. I think that's um, definitely something that we've, we've seen over over the pandemic as well. You know, that, that window into people's houses. Um, like in, in, in the back of my frame, I've got a few pieces of art from Mr. Bingo. Um, oh, nice, yeah. Which is probably not the most safer work um, thing <laughs> to look at. But, you know, some of the art's really interesting and funny. And um, some of it's a kind of parody on, on modern life. Yeah. Um, and just... You know, a conversation around that, you know, during the start of a meeting while everyone's joining. It just, oh, yeah. You get it, that window, don't you? It's, it makes all the difference. And I think treating everyone as individuals is really important because everyone's quite different. They like different things. Yeah. They do different things. Yeah. Some are introverted, some are ambivert, extrovert. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's you just got to treat people like people, basically, yeah. <laughs> which sounds <laughs> stupid, but like I think it can, can be easy to forget. Yeah, it's not just resource that you book in. It's it's human lives. Yeah, we need to kill the world word resource. In, yeah, in I agree with that. I saw a spreadsheet the other day that was like resource and a bunch of names. I was like, <laughs> we, need to, we, need to, we need to not do that. Um, it was on a, on a Twitter thread, and I was like, that's <laughs> we need to move away from from this. You know, however you want to talk about resourcing meetings is separate from the people that are delivering the work. Yeah, and it, it yeah. It's just people, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Just, we're all just people. <laughs> um, doesn't matter what the title is uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think leaders can do to uh, encourage collaboration between between teams? Well, one thing we do is the hack days, which are once every couple of months. Um, the the last one was really good because it was lots of small interdisciplinary teams. Yeah. And they all came up with really cool product ideas. So you'd have the, the sort of seed of the idea and then there'd be a logo and then a little bit of blurb about it. Mm. And then we'd actually start building the product out itself. Uh, one of the cool ones was like a Waze, but for walking home. Oh, right. If you've used Waze, it's like the, uh, the, the traffic app. Um, but it's around safer walking. And yeah. obviously there's a lot of 
nervousness at the moment, especially after what's been happening in the news and yeah. people not being very safe walking home. Yeah. But you can kind of block, you can pop little pins where there might be uh, people that are causing trouble or, or hazard broken or, glass yeah. or yeah, whatever it is. And it'll actually plot around it. Right. Um, but it was a really cool little product video and they actually made a prototype of it. Oh, uh, right. It's really cool. And it's just nice to bring people together that way because it gets them talking about mm. the idea and how the brand should look. And basically all the steps that we do with the client, but really compressed into yeah. sort of like an energetic uh, day. It's, um, I, I love... I love that particular structure of a hack day. Um, I love that you, you've got to be careful because you can't say that, okay, we, we've just done that in a day. Everything's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but equally, I think it takes, um, it's a really important stance as a, as a leadership team to say, we're going to, we're going to lose a day in velocity on the project because it's important culturally for us to, to do this. Yes, definitely. Um, it's, it's always been something that we're keen to do. Yeah. And when, before I started Parallax, my previous employer always allowed time for me to learn things. Yeah. So I've always thought it was quite important. Yeah. <laughs> and alongside the hack days, we have personal development days as well, which are quite frequent. Right. And that's just go off on your own and actually learn things. Um, but yeah, I think it's been really good and positive, especially for people joining us from companies where that hasn't been a thing. Yeah. I think in, in some cultures, it's those sorts of, um, I want to say peripheral, but I don't mean that in a in a negative way. But though you know the things that aren't contributing to the the day to day as much, yeah. they're the first things to go. You know when a project's up against it, or you know there's some serious client demands. Yeah, they always feel like the first thing to go. I didn't get my I didn't get my personal development time this week, or you know. Yeah, and it's it, you do that in your personal life as well. Like yeah, when you when you've got like yeah a deadline, or you've got some you're really, really busy. You forget the basics and that yeah. actually makes it all worse. Yeah. Like if you stop, if you don't feed yourself and sleep right. And yeah, instant yourself. ramen and no running, for example, <laughs> is, yeah, a, yeah. is a bad combo. Yeah, but I think the last period where I got quite stressed out, I made an effort to carve out time to to run and stuff. And I mm. think I think as leaders, you probably need to make sure people do protect time like that. And yeah. And have a good balance because it, it makes it makes you go quicker in the long run, slowing down sometimes. Yeah, and that's the that that window into people's lives through the you know keep drawing back to the pandemic. I'm not trying to do that, but that um, that window into you know what the day to day for people looks like is yeah. is actually quite valuable because you can you can be more. Um, you can be clearer by saying, "Look, you know, I can, I can see that you've not, you know, you've not, not moved from this <laughs> this desk in the last five hours." Yeah, and another thing we're doing is um, a sort of a fallow week in the run up to Christmas, and right. this is a week where there's no client work booked in, mm. and we're almost just sort of letting the grass grow. Uh, yeah. So it could be in the back end team, people are interested in just tidying things up, making yeah. a few things nice, like. Like it's almost like making your house nice, <laughs> yeah. like fix a broken window and yeah, yeah, and make sure it's just daft things. I I really like it when a repo is all, the readme's nice, yeah, on the uh, in Markdown and there's little links to stuff and that makes me happy. <laughs> it, it matters though, it, yeah. It, you know, when you I think when you're working with something every day, um, you know, you 
for a, for a software project, you, know, you want your house in order. You want to feel yeah. really happy with how it's laid out. Yeah, that's it. Or even really silly things like Slack's got this new feature where you can put links across the top of a channel. Oh, yeah. And just making that nice and putting all the relevant bits in. And yeah. and um, obviously, that's just my personal <laughs> thing that makes me happy. For other people, it's all completely different. But it'll be nice to see how that comes out in the fellow week. And I think I think in a in a more hybrid remote world as well, you know, those sorts of things where your your digital estate is more in check um, is definitely time worth investing. Yeah, definitely. In just like selecting all the icons on your desktop and chucking it in the, <laughs> yeah. in the old folder, old, old two. Yeah, sort one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just feel instantly better, don't you? Yeah. Um, but some of that would be good. Yeah, I um, I had a, I had one of them yesterday. I went through one password and sorted out all of my um, compromised passwords, <laughs> <laughs> little things like that. Yeah. Quite worried about that for a little while, actually. <laughs> the, the task only took an hour. Yeah. Little but, things. But allowing people time to do that yeah. would be really good. Yeah. Actually, I should put that on the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hadn't opened Watchtower for a while. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we're just about run out of time. A huge thank you for listening to Offscript by Hey Radio. Do check out other Hey content online, as well as some of the fantastic work Parallax are doing over at parallax.co.uk. subscribe to get more of this podcast content in the future too and join us in a few weeks as we tackle our next topic